I'm Mad Maxine, and you're listening to BBG Wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the... I'm going to call this the Pablo and Colin primetime variety improv hour um because <laughs> it, it's it's lockdown baby we don't know what we're doing we've talked so many times about giant gonzalez and wrestlemania 9 you'd think we'd run out of things to say about it by now maybe we haven't who knows i'm with colin delaney hello hello i was gonna say i, I think that's what this always is I'm, you claim that there at, at times have been direction but i'm pretty sure every time i come on i'm just i'm just winging it it's it's unbelievable that people not not because like um you know people obviously I would hope want to listen to you but it's unbelievable that anyone would want to listen to me at this point because they're like oh god he's not talking about giant fucking Gonzalez again um, <laughs> and you've got you've got what three guests this week you've got a uh, 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 tugboat and Duke the dumpster coming up. Yeah, um, I think if you'd have had like a dartboard and darts with wrestlers' faces on, I think that was the only more random way I could have had this week's free guests. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, I think I, for future you should you should get that going though. You should. Uh, I, have you seen that giant like cartoon picture that basically has like everybody who was ever employed on it? Yes, I have. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you got to so, get one of those. <laughs> what with every guest that I've ever had. Just aim at the top of the board because those are the real obscure ones. The the real small, you know, like down in front, like real big is like, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, and The Undertaker. But if you go all the way to the top of that screen, you're going to find some Yoshi Tatsus and some uh, Fantasio. Some, like some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you know that Fantasio was a member of the nation in Memphis? No, but that's mm-hmm. Wow. We did like a full because the thing is though I always had a problem with WWE.com doing what they called in inverted commas the true history of the nation of domination, and you know they mentioned obviously Crush Sovia Vega because I think every uh, you know the mass public they know the nation as the Rock Mark Henry Dilo Brown Farouk and Godfather, um, and the slightly more hardcore fans would know Sovia Vega Crush PG thirteen, but. And Clarence Mason. And Clarence Mason, of course. And before yeah. that, the nation started in Memphis uh, with PG-13. And you had uh, Sir Mohammed, who was Sir Mo. Um, you had mm-hmm. Fantasio, who was in it. And, um, yeah, it's like the Truth Commission started in Memphis as well. Oh, man. Bull Buchanan. <laughs> Whatever happened to Bull Buchanan? He had a good run in Japan after uh, WWF. Didn't he get um? Didn't he get hepatitis or something? Because he made that one appearance with Cena. Were Whoa. you there? Were you on the roster at that point when he made that one? No, no, I wasn't. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I I can remember like random people appearing backstage when I was there. Like I remember being excited when like Steve Blackman was randomly there in 2008, <laughs> just like saying hi to people. Or oh, uh, were you there for that 15th anniversary role then when they did the gimmick battle royal? No. That, IRS one that also Blackman just showed up randomly one night. <laughs> yeah, no, it would like uh, that's incredible. Yeah, it, people would just show up if like Raw or SmackDown was in their town if they like used to work there. I guess I don't know. I think Evan Courageous showed up one time. Okay. Yeah, so, so I, you know, people just pop in. Well, I, yeah, I'm I'm guessing they were like guests of 
a wrestler on the roster. Right. They must Correct. Be. Yeah. Um, unless it was one of those like reunion shows and um, they were like specifically invited. I mean, I love those. I used to love the reunion shows until I kind of figured out that that's all they are. They come out and like wave to the crowd and that's kind of it. Um, you know, I right. want them to like get involved in angles and stuff like because the, the, I was. It sounds like I'm just going to complain now, but like I so saw the the 25th anniversary of Raw when they brought it back to the Manhattan Center. Um, I haven't looked forward to an episode of Raw in so long, you know, and you know, not knowing anything that was happening on that Raw, and um, I mean, it, I was so kind of let down by the the little amount that they did there. I mean, I know the crowd were like chanting "We want refunds" and stuff like that by the end of it, and they had to send over wrestlers from the main show just to, you know, just to make an appearance, just to keep the keep the fans happy. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know what they expected out of it. Like, I, I guess on both sides, I don't know what they expected. Because um, uh, in the Manhattan Center, if you went to a Raw back in, like, 93, did they tape multiples in one day? It wasn't live back then, right? Yeah, they, they would tape multiples. Or, um, I mean, there would also be dark matches. Or once in a while, there'd be, like, an exclusive match from the Manhattan Center for Mania or something like that. Right. So, like, uh, I mean, if you went to a Raw back in 93, you probably saw just as much action as you saw if you were at that 25th anniversary at the Manhattan Center. Uh, but then on the other hand, on the other hand, if you're WWE, you have to know that your your uh, audience has changed over the last 25 years and they might expect a little something different. Yeah. I, you know, the fans apparently paid top dollar like from scalpers for those tickets like eight hundred dollars and stuff like that and just it would have been cool to have been there but just to see how much like how deflated the night ended up being i mean apparently there is a picture of jerry lawler asleep at the announce table um because <laughs> not no yeah because like so little happened that night like most like i was what I, a great idea would have been, and I heard a few people talk about this, because it starts off with Austin and the McMahons at the start of Raw, and it goes on for like 20 minutes. Um, and you know what's going to happen. There's going to be a stunner and stuff like that. They could have at least had like a, a, a Fred running through the show where the McMahons were going after Austin. Austin ends up in the Manhattan Center and maybe Undertaker. Just a simple thing like that. But, you know, but I sure. was expecting the impossible you know i wanted damien demento back i wanted max moon back you know of course why not why not have a gimmick (laughs) battle royal if there's an event to have a gimmick battle royal there's your night um yeah and it would have been in front of a hot crowd because there was there were guys dressed as bobby heenan's um disguises of the first row no one he dresses you know the old woman and he dresses the the hasidic jew and um there were people in the audience dressed like Heenan, dressed like that. Which yeah, I guess, I guess just having kind of uh, dead air in between Manhattan Center segments was probably not the right move. You know, they could have kept action going on at the Manhattan Center all night and just, you know, kind of timed it out for when they had to come back live from, you know, wherever they were for the other. Where were they? MSG also? Um, no, I don't, I don't think, I mean, I could be right. I think it was Barclays Center. I could be wrong. smokes. Man, if they were running, if they were running people from main roster who were at Raw (laughs) over to the Manhattan Center, that's like, 
that's a crazy commute. Like it may not seem that far, but in New York city traffic, like that's going to take you a good hour, hour and a half. Yeah. No, definitely. And the thing is, though, with that Manhattan Center, that you can, this is like as new and as modern as we have ever gotten, <laughs> like a raw from like five years ago at this point. Um, when you, you, the, the people at Manhattan Center, uh, you know, I, I think we need to realize sometimes that like those people who are there for something like that are really, really hardcore fans. I mean, I said to you last time when the network uploaded six episodes of Superstars from 93, I got through that in less real time than the actual shows take to watch. You know what I mean? Like it was that, Yeah. that's how quickly I got through it. Like, I think they underestimate how much someone who loves 1993 watches 1993. Um, sure. You know, so yeah, I should probably get off that. I should probably let that go. My friends are just like, he's not talking about that raw again, is he? Like, you know, but now I get to talk to, to a wrestler and get his point of view. Which, you know. So I was, uh, uh, <laughs> Me and my friend Nick have started uh, making videos of us betting on wrestling. Uh, it's so much random, fun. Yeah. Random wrestling that we don't remember. Uh, because, you know, I mean, we don't watch old Monday Night Raws and stuff because we, we remember them to an extent. that it's uh, there, We have a little bit of a leg up. But I don't remember Sunday Night Heats or uh, old Thunder episodes or whatever. Well, the other day we watched the 1993 WCW Saturday Night. And whoo boy, let me tell you. <laughs> Is that Max Payne? That, yeah, Max Payne. Uh, we watched some more the other day. And okay. uh, Johnny Gunn is the 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 jobber, but he's like, he gets an entrance at times and he's like super over. Uh, oh, is John, I think Johnny Gunn wrestled uh, Max Payne on that one. <laughs> so we looked up Johnny because I was like, man, what happened to Johnny Gunn? He's like a big in shape dude he was he was pretty competent it's tom brandy it's sal sincere and i was yeah, like it yeah. blew my blew my mind yeah i don't know um it's kind of weird like wcw and i guess wwf kind of had a lot of guys who, who were kind of from that mold like tom zink and uh you know tom brandy and rick martell all kind of looked interchangeable to me so I'm not entirely sure why I like Tom Brandy. You know that Tom Brandy, um, oh, you know he became the Patriot for a little bit on the Indies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. He's, uh, a, you, he's, a, he's a Northeast legend. Do you know who owns the Patriot gimmick? Oh, God. I mean, uh, Tom Brandy? No, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no the uh that, okay here's i think i'm sure i've told you this uh before and this kind of blew my mind um max Payne was on the ring crew at wrestlemania 2 who helped set up the the cage for hogan and Bundy. yeah <laughs> yeah he told me that <laughs> See, he was I'm, he was the worst he's terrible like he's terrible <laughs> there was nothing redeeming about him especially in that clip we watched like uh, there's nothing redeeming <laughs> oh well, I mean, at least in WWF, he had that guitar, that sweet WWF electric guitar. That Agreed. Cool. But in WCW, he came from, <laughs> what was it, the state of euphoria. And he just had that awful hair and his gear was terrible. He had like a cool jacket, but he takes the jacket off and then he wrestles. And I'm pretty sure like his tag is showing out of the back of his gear. It was it, it was a mess. Did he, did he look like he had showered that night? I have no idea, but... I do know that earlier in the night they had like a uh, a little whatever little talkie segment with the announcers and they were putting over 
that Max Payne was one of like the biggest like acquisitions in WCW history. Wow. Okay. They were like putting him over so huge. (laughs) And then he comes out for this match looking like he did. And I was like, no way. This guy, come on. Did they give any background on who he was trained by? Because I know nothing about his background. No, I didn't see. I mean, they didn't say anything. No. If Jim Ross Um, was still there, he would have told everyone about how he was like a graduate of, you know, (laughs) Euphoria State University, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been watching a bunch of random stuff and like looking up weird back stuff because uh, in addition to this watching wrestling, me and my friend, my tag team partner, Cheech, started a tag team podcast where we talk about tag teams. So uh, we did Harlem Heat the other day, watched a bunch of Harlem Heat matches. Okay. And and early on in like, it's got to be like 93, 94, uh, probably 94, they wrestled the team of Thunder and Lightning and like... <laughs> The commentators are putting over thunder and lightning like crazy. They're like, they're from the electric city. And they, they like had, they were both like, you know, once again, like big in shape dudes. Neither one was terrible. They had like wacky tassels on. Do you know who thunder and lightning were? Ooh. Um, I'm trying to think of, did they end up becoming a team or were they just like two established names? They were, I, I had to look them up because I was like, I don't know who either of these dudes are. See, and I'm, it turns I'm, out I, I knew mi- who one of them was. I'm mixing them up with high voltage. Um, oh, no, no, not high voltage. <laughs> no, no, Thunder and Lightning. These are both like, once again, like we talked about, like they're both uh, Johnny Guns. They're both Tom uh, Zanks. They're both, they're like those type of dudes. Ooh, okay. Um, oh, I don't know. Cause I mean, I, I would have said like maybe Bagwell, but he was doing the stars and stripes thing, wasn't he? So, um, one of, one of the, so one of them, I think it was thunder. You literally look him up and there's no information about who he was. <laughs> like he was just thunder on 1994 WCW, but lightning on the other hand, I feel like may have been a guest on the podcast here at some point. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> what is this like is this like a damning indictment of my guests <laughs> well like, uh, you 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 shoot for the obscure so uh um no i don't i don't try to do that you know i think you know it's just this I, person just, had this person had an obscure role in 1997 i want to say not rick titan is it Mm-mm. um i'll go on then who you're, 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 you were pretty close because it was Jeff Farmer. Oh, he was the um, NWO Sting. Yeah, yes. Okay, no, I haven't had NWO Sting. I, I, I mixed him up slightly with um, – you remember Jeff Gaylord? That was his name. Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, yes. yeah so um, <laughs> it's an unfortunate name, isn't it? Um, NWO Sting is, is like – if I had to like put a, a – like your wheelhouse of podcast guests, I think I think NWO Sting fits right up in there. Yeah, no, I, I would totally be into that. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, I did interview. Uh, yes, yeah, so I did interview Fred Ottman two days ago. Um, it, so nice, like you know, he, he gave me like two and a half hours of his time. I was just like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "No, I will keep talking." Um, so I asked him everything. Um, he does still have hats, tugboat hats for sale. Um, match-worn tugboat hats that he dated at the time. 
Um, wow. And, yeah. And uh, we, I got to ask him, I hope I asked him, you know, I tried to avoid the, the Shockmaster debut, you know, but we still talked about it. Um, but we talked about um, when the first classic superstars from Jack's Earthquake figure happened. Earthquake went on record to say how much he hated that figure because they used the Yokozuna body for him. Like they just, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, you, you know Jacks as much as anyone really, you know, having the Jacks figure, but they they made entirely fresh parts for you, which is, uh, you know, we've talked about that and it's amazing um, that they did that. Yes, because Jacks is Jacks is like notorious for not. They're like even if the body doesn't match, they didn't really care, you know. Like they were like, yeah, we'll we'll give this guy all these abs. We don't we don't really care. <laughs> What did Dalton think of his uh, figures toy company figure? Did he enjoy? Did he? Was he happy with it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think we've we've discussed uh, our action figures up against each other. Someday we should. <laughs> See the um, the figures toy company. I mean, they use the Jacks molds, but they go a lot more in depth with like clothing and stuff like that. So you know, the full Dalton Castle entrance gear is there, and uh, it's it's pretty impressive. Um, but he doesn't have all new parts like the Colin Delaney action figure. Right. The, uh, the action figure they would have lost so much money on. But if you look at the, the, like the set I was in, I'm pretty sure like 50% of the people who came out in that set had already been released when it came out. Cause I know like, uh, Cherry of Deuce and Domino was in that set and she got released at the same time I did. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure the Birchels were in that set. I'm not sure if the Birchels got released at the same time I did. They may have lasted a touch longer. Uh, and like Festus was in that set too. And it's like, oh, I don't think Festus was around too much longer. Oh, I guess he was. He turned into a straight edge uh, society or whatever. Yeah, but he was gone in between that time. Like there was a couple of years. Like he made a couple of, he went, oh, came and he... went a few times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he probably got released probably in that same ish wave, and that's like at least that's more than half of the 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 set that came out. And and this was like sort of later Jacks as well, where they weren't really making a lot of new names as well. Because I mean, Jeremy Padawa, like um, I don't know if you had any contact with him when the figure was being made, but like he is now on Instagram and on social media and he's just answering any questions that people want to send him. So like I had so many classic superstars <laughs> questions that I wanted, I wanted to get him on the podcast and then because he's the head of figures that Hawkins and Ryder got a hold of him and then I stood no chance, <laughs> you know, basically. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, but he opened himself up to questions and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, everyone wants to know about like Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart and stuff, but I was like the, uh, the Bob Backlund uh, prototype. <laughs> um, well, no, because the thing is, the prototype, he's in his a red singlet. No, when he lost the belt to Sheik. Um, so he's got the, the sort of skinhead with the red singlet and the sort of amateur wrestling boots. And then for whatever reason, they changed it to just plain red trunks with like a really beefy upper torso. Um, and I, I didn't really get a good answer why they scrapped it. And I really want it. And then later on, they scrapped the Arnold Skoland, um figure as well. So I was just... I, I can't imagine many people were disappointed. Right, I was like, just gonna say, I, I, I can't imagine the uh, the demand was <laughs> crazy high. I, I can I can already see like the toy aisle at my local <laughs> like Target and uh, just Arnold Scotland figures as far as the eye can see, like a whole rack of them. There's like one uh, 
I don't know, you know, there's like one typhoon figure and just Arnold Scotland, as far as the eye can see. I went to a Walmart today and there was no wrestling action figures, not a singular one. Wow. That's, uh... Do you remember back in the 90s when uh, wrestling figures got banned from Walmart because uh, the Al Snow figure came with uh, the <laughs> mannequin head? Yes. Um, and, and the thing is, I I knew of the story, but I didn't know exactly what had happened. Because the thing is, Raw in this country back in the day was cut to shreds. So they cut out so much stuff. Um, you know, like when The Undertaker sacrificed Midian and he cut his chest open and stuff like that. Like, that was too much for, like, Sky Sports to show. Um, so... I don't think I ever really got the full picture on why the figure was banned. Like, I didn't realize it was because they thought it was a decapitated head. But, yes. like, I, I thought it was just banned everywhere. So then when I found one in the UK, I was just like, oh, it's this mega rare figure that I've got to keep. <laughs> and it turned out it wasn't. But um, when they did the classic Superstars figure years later, they didn't give him the, a normal head. They gave him one of the little styrofoam white heads. Smart. As an accessory, yeah. Uh, and uh, that series also had Bad News Brown and Luna in it, who died like as soon as that set came out. It was like it, it was like sort of Death City for a little bit, because I think Ernie Ladd died around that time, and he was in that set as well. It was like it was, um, yeah, pretty sad. So like, sort of, if anyone claims to have a signed Ernie Ladd classic superstars figure, they're just full of shit. Right, or Luna. Or Luna, um, you know, but at the same time, I think if you convinced Zack Ryder enough, I think he would pay you like 10 grand for, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, um, for a uh, signed Ernie Ladd classic superstars figure. Like, you know, I've, I've got nothing against Zack Ryder, but he has kind of ruined collecting for everyone. Because <laughs> like, if, if he mentions a figure, you've got no chance of getting it anymore because like everyone jumps on it and then buys it and then flips it for like a profit so yeah right now is now is the time to sell my collection i think but i'm not gonna do that i enjoy my can of randy savage uh soda from israel too much <laughs> quite frankly did i ever show you that i'm not sure is it a wcw product or a wwf product no wwf it was um it was um I don't, I've only ever seen this one. I, I can't tell you how much I spent. I mean, if you search on like past eBay auctions, you might be able to find it. But I had more regular work <laughs> to be able to buy like empty cans of soda back then. Um, so there's like Randy Savage flavor. I don't know what that would be. Uh, there's Tatanka flavor. There's um, Undertaker flavor and Razor Ramon flavor. Um, and I've only ever seen them once. And I've tried for 10 years not to just stand on them accidentally because that would be a lot of money um, down the drain. <laughs> Um, I, I remember when I was a kid, they put out these like little like uh, juice jugs uh, that had uh, like Undertaker on one and like Shawn Michaels on another and Stone Cold on the other. I think LOD might have been on it. I'm not totally sure. But I remember oh, me and my brothers the, went the and like got body, cases body of slam. Them. Yeah, Body yes. Slam. Um, I'm really it, – it's unbelievable that I have friends really because I have sealed cases of them. <laughs> When I was growing up, when I was growing up, you know, anything wrestling, me and my brothers were like, I grew up with three brothers and we're all pretty close in age and we loved wrestling. So anything wrestling that like we'd see out anywhere or even hear about, like I remember seeing commercials for those body slams and we were like, oh, we are getting those. I'm I'm literally, I'm not drinking anything else. That's all I drink now. (laughs) Did you have a nice, you must have had ice cream bars. I was too, I was a little too young. The ice cream bars were uh, a little before me. 
Have you seen that they're back in stores now? They were, they are different. I did. Uh, my girlfriend bought like a case of uh, like a you know a box them the other day. I think I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't eat them anyways. Uh, but I think there's still a couple hanging out in my fridge or in oh, my freezer. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Did you get anything with the box? Did you get like a trading card? Because that's what you used to get back in the day. No, no, I don't think so. No, oh. I don't think there's anything in the box. Bullshit. Um, Agreed. (laughs) Other other random other random uh, things that I uh, wrestling things that I had that you'd probably be into growing up uh, for my birthday when I was probably, I don't know, seven or eight. I got a camera that uh, when you would like get the film developed, uh, a little small picture of Hulk Hogan flexing would be in the corner of all the pictures. (laughs) Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. It was a yellow. It was a yellow and red camera, and <laughs> and you know you take pictures of whatever, and then when you'd get the film developed, in the bottom corner there was just Hulk Hogan flexing. That oh, I would love to see some. Some people must have photographs of this. Still, I, I would yeah, hope. I feel like at my parents' house there's probably somewhere like a random picture of like nothing <laughs> with just Hulk Hogan in the bottom corner. The, the uh, only the only camera that because they showed up in like bargain stores over here because I don't think anyone bought them. Do you remember the uh, Slam Cam where you could uh, connect it to your computer and you could put a picture of yourself in the ring with like Triple H or something? It came around it came out around like two thousand and one, two thousand and two. So that was going to be my next thing. All oh, right, okay, I think so. it was before <laughs> that. I think it was like ninety eight. Actually, ninety eight, ninety nine, uh, and it was at bargain stores here too. And <laughs> once again. I had to have it like, you know, use it all the time, like spent hours messing with that thing. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, I've just this is how bad this is. I've just eaten a chocolate and you stopped talking and now I have to talk with chocolate in my mouth. Um, <laughs> it's all right. So I I've I've realized this as well now as I have been, <laughs> you know, the one running the podcast for me and Cheech like yeah. I, I'll. I'll let him go into like a thing to talk about whatever he's going to talk about. And then I go to take a drink and then what he says turns out being like four seconds. And then I'm just left there with a mouthful of like whatever I'm drinking. And I'm like, God damn it. Come on, Cheech. Like when I, <laughs> there's, there's gotta be a way I can like signal him. Hey, I'm going to take, I'm going to just, just start saying it like, Hey man, I'm going to take a drink. So if you can go on like a, you know, minute long thing, That'd be cool. <laughs> See, but the thing is, though, you could become this, like, ironic breaking the fourth wall podcast where you actually just tell them, look, I'm going to have a drink now, so please talk for 30 seconds. Just say that. Say it on air. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just going to I'm just gonna let him know because what else are we going to do? Mm. <laughs> you, you could just put the drink down <laughs> for, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> well, no, I have the drink. Like, uh, so I'll, like, kick it to him. You know, I'll say something that, like, is trying to set him up to, to tell me something. And uh, then I'll go grab my drink. And as he starts to talk, I start to drink. And then he just stops talking. And I'm like, motherfucker. Now I'm like, <laughs> so has, has Cheech done many podcasts then, except the one that he does with you? I have no idea. Uh, I don't know what Cheech does. I'll be honest with you. Other than, <laughs> other than me and him wrestling together, I have literally no idea what he does. And now Do we you... podcast. So like outside of that, no, I don't know. Do you live together? Because you do the uh, betting show together. No, so that's Nick. Uh, that's oh, my sorry. Buddy Nick. That's he, really bad, he isn't actually, it? Okay. No, it's fine. He lives uh, like a couple houses away from me. So uh, even though we're being, you know, 
quarantine and whatnot, we've been around each other since this whole thing started. So it's like, well, if one of us has it, we both have it anyways. So, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, again, we're going to date the show horribly by talking about something that's going on right now. Um, but it's fine. Um, yeah, no, I've, I understand the whole social distancing thing, but I don't know. You, like British houses, I mean, they say two meters apart. I think two meters in a British house, you'd be over the road in the next house, you know, <laughs> not very big, you know. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a garden. Um, and, but yeah, no, you've got to be able to see friends somehow. I mean, the thing is, though, now they've just brought it in that we now have to wear face masks on public transport. And, um, you know, because we are so behind the rest of the world, but also have the highest death rate. So, you know, go figure. Apart from America, um, you know, you're number one. Always. We have to be. It's, <laughs> it's kind of our thing. But yeah, I mean, uh, also for like just podcasts in general, like when someone discovers a new podcast, they're going to skip all the 2020 episodes. They'll be like, oh, I'm going to go back and listen to the old ones. Ooh, not the not the quarantine years, though. Not the quarantine <laughs> years. Well, now I kind of want a, a WWE face mask, but because you got one, didn't you? A did WWE you, one? Did your girlfriend buy you one? My girlfriend did buy the Kane one. It still has not arrived at the house. Boo! Come on, Vince. Bought it weeks ago too. Yeah. Mm. And you would think like uh, you and we just talked about how like the you know United States has got like the highest death toll. All these restrictions are being like loosened hard here. Like within the next month, the United States is going to be pretty much just back open for business. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, it's pretty much getting that way here as well. Like, um, I guess the economy waits for no. But the thing is, with all the protests going on, there's going to be some kind of second wave. There's going to have to be. It's just, it's insane. Like, I understand the protests. Don't get me wrong. You know, um, but this is probably going to be a result of these protests, I think. I, I think so. I think what's going to help, uh, at least here, is the warm weather. They say it's it's not as whatever to spread in the warm weather. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think uh, there might be a little bit of an uptick. But I think that second wave is coming like September. October. I think we're going to get like all the way open and we're going to like look like we're in the free and clear. And then we're just going to get smashed in like October, September. But do you think again? This is the uh, the improv variety hour, so we didn't have to necessarily <laughs> talk about wrestling here. Uh, but do you think uh, WWE Hall of Famer Donald Trump? Um, do you think he's kind of like? I mean, surely when the second wave inevitably happens, and if it is going to be September and October, and the elections in November, this can't help. Surely, like at this no, point, no, no, uh, yeah, uh, like. No matter what you think about the dude politically and like his his views on things and and how he's handling things, uh, in Sorry, situations my, 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 of crisis, my cat, my cat Mango has just come in the room. Oh my cat! So my cat's somehow sleeping, but my cat has been like exactly like that for days. Just follows me around the house, crying at me. Like what? Oh. What? I you have food? You have water? Like <laughs> my cat likes to go outside though, so my cat's trying to go outside. Who's your favorite parties? Who's your favorite wrestler, Mango? Oh, she doesn't have a favorite wrestler. Okay, you can go. You were meant to be entertaining, Mango. Come on. I was going to say that purr has to stand for something. Uh, what was the... Uh, <laughs> battle battle was, cat. 
That's I was just going to say wrestling. Battle Cat. That's what I was trying to come up with. <laughs> anyway, was so the he, Battle Cat hood? Oh, it was, um, oh, God. Um, he played, he was also Billy Jack Haynes' nephew on screen. Oh. And, he, and he was the Black Scorpion. Um, oh. oh, God. Um, Dude had a history. Um, beard. <laughs> he had a beard. He had a face. He had two eyes. Um, Good for him. <laughs> oh, what was he called? Oh, this is really bad. Are you Googling it now? No, I'm not. <laughs> right, I'm going to have to... I don't have my phone, so you're going to hear me type into Google, because uh, I should <laughs> know this. Um... Oh, but as I was saying, after all this is over, like, no matter what you think about Donald Trump, uh, these current situations of crisis, he has not handled the greatest, and it's mostly because he just, like, says the first thing that comes into his mind, which... Typically, in situations like this, that is going to be wrong. And in all of these cases, that is how he has <laughs> handled it by just saying the first thing that comes into his head. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is not what people need. Because then. But some of the. Re- well, uh, uh, yeah, Brady Boone, by the way. Brady Boone. <laughs> the Battle Cat. Um. He was the Black Scorpion, wasn't he? I'm sure he was. He was like the original. Uh, he was going to be the Black Scorpion at um, Starcade, and then I was going to guess. I was going to guess Paul Diamond. What? Who was the Black Scorpion? Yeah, that was going to be my guess. Oh no, it wasn't. It wasn't Brady. But, oh, but right, I'm going to keep everyone entertained. So yeah, do you want to? Um, for everyone out there, I've uh, blocked two wrestlers this week. Um, oh on yeah. Uh, oh. On, on, uh, I know, I know, but I know who both of them are. I was gonna say, do I know both of them? I, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, baby doll and um, and the Patriot, who I would have loved to have talked to on the podcast. Not that you would have done it, um, but I don't know. And, and I understand that you you can't just live your life in a bubble and stuff. But like, I just kind of think I don't know. It's it's not for me because the thing is, like, I I found that they were kind of then spreading sort of hate speech about like other people. So like you know, I think that was like a little bit too much for me. Um, yeah, that's the that's that's the tough angle. I I still have people on my you know I, I'm not one to block someone or get rid of somebody if they do not share the same beliefs as me. That's I mean that's not really gonna help. But sometimes when people are just so negative and so like spewing hate speech, it's like all right, you gotta go, man. Like this isn't the kind of uh, whatever I need in my life. But I mean, when it, yeah, no, oh no, Al Perez was the Black Scorpion. Was he really? That's a there weird one. But doesn't Al Perez look like Brady Boone? Is that just me? I thought Al Perez was tall. Am I thinking um, of the right guy? I think I am. Al Wasn't Perez. Al Perez big. I mean, he's decent size. I mean, he kind of looks like Seth Rollins. But like back then. Not now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was like six four, six five, or something, right? I guess I don't, I don't actually know. Um, but Brady Boone and Al Perez look very similar. We Brady Boone's prove... got to be smaller because in my head, Battle Cat's not that big. We can't prove that they're not the same. Well, okay, that's that's fine. That's fair. But um, <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing is, though, the other person, and he, but he was a guest on the podcast, so he's he's good in my book. Sam Houston. Um, <laughs> who would oh. have thought that Sam Houston, a baby doll, you know, former married couple, would have the same uh, political views? Um, but the thing is, like for me, not that my opinion at all matters, and not like the Patriot and baby doll would give a shit that blocked them or deleted them. Um, but 
it's one of those that if you are nice to me, that kind of like my that's my opinion of you, even if you're like sort of awful person elsewhere. And they're probably sure. not awful people. That's the thing. I've got to stop like thinking that just because you have a political viewpoint that you're an awful person. Because <laughs> I've I've had people like block me because of that. Um. So yeah, no, I, I, I apologize if anyone's a a lovely Trump supporter. I'm sure. Have I have I told you my Sam Houston story? No, and I want to hear it more than anything. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, as we were, we were discussing earlier, random, uh, random people popping in to like Monday night raw or SmackDown or whatever, when I was employed and Sam Houston was one of those guys. Shut up. <laughs> so what was he uh, doing there? Okay. So, so we, <laughs> get ready for this. So Sam Houston is there. So Johnny Ace comes up to me. He was like, Hey, Colin, uh, dad right there is, uh, I think it was his kid. That's uh, Sam Houston's kid, and we're gonna uh, we're gonna give him a look. So get in there with him and uh, just you know, six minutes, make him look good. I was like, sure. I got in there, and I have no idea if this dude had any idea what was going on, <laughs> or he oh. was just like, and that, like I feel bad because he might have just been super nervous because like we, yeah. you know, we we literally met each other, said hello. And then we walked in the ring to wrestle for a couple minutes so they could see if he was any good. Uh, and that's, a, I mean, a nerve wracking situation. So we lock up and he is like, <sighs> and I was like, oh man, hey, breathe, man, breathe. And then I like threw him in a headlock and then like just got him in a headlock and he's really not doing anything. And so I take him down, headlock takeover. And now we're on the ground and I'm literally telling him, hey man, breathe breathe and he is like just huffing and puffing so uh i he sends me i'm like all right send me off the ropes uh, is this is this uh breaking down wrestling too too much for your viewers <laughs> <laughs> well you know i try and maintain the illusion of kayfabe but that john gonzalez really was like a yeti man um, so so yeah, he no, shoots like, me off the ropes yeah. and i give him a shoulder tackle and he hits the ground and just lays there like a dead body. So I'm like, oh, crap. Uh, so I pin him real fast. One, two. <laughs> he, he kicks out. And I'm like, okay. So I throw him in a chin lock real fast. And uh, I've got him in a chin lock. And once again, he is like, he's he's dying. He's like so gassed. He's out of breath. He can't breathe. And so I'm like, hey, man, just breathe. You're You're all right. And so like. I look over to all the agents who are watching. By the way, all the agents in WWE are watching this. Like at ringside is like Dean Malenko, Arn Anderson, Ricky Steamboat, Mike Rotunda. Like everybody's out there. And I have this dude in a chin lock. So far, it's been just a disaster. I look over. Dean Malenko says to me, Colin, is he blown up? I said, yes, sir. He said, take this shit home. <laughs> We've been in there for like one minute. Uh, so, I mean... It was it kind of uh, like a compliment that you were asked to get in there with him, or were you kind of seen as just like the sacrificial lamb to possibly like break your neck in the ring with like it's someone who obviously wasn't capable of doing anything? <laughs> it's probably a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B because at the time I was like, if they if somebody wanted to try something, I was the guy. If they needed to like, you know. Uh, 
they wanted somebody to look good real fast. I was the guy. So I think it was a little bit of both. I mean, it's just, it, that's not, I mean, I, I know nothing about that side of wrestling, but it doesn't seem like the best way to judge if someone's good enough to have them immediately go in the ring like that. I mean, I'm guessing he did a lot of training under his dad or anything like at that point. Cause, and, and right? seemed, I, I mean, I, I feel, I feel bad, like, cause you know, this I seemed told to the go story th- in the nicest way possible, but he was like, he was yeah. huffing and puffing from the second we locked up. And I was like, oh man, uh-oh. Well, this was like a period where they seemed to be hiring a lot of second and third generation wrestlers. And they were, sure. you know, varying degrees of talent, but they were used largely because of their names at that point. Um, right. And maybe, you know, he could, he could have ended up in Legacy, you know. Um, <laughs> you you yeah, never know. Except for, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was something. It was a mess. Did you but speak I, to, they used to send me in Sam? there when, like, oh, sorry. I did. I sat next to him at catering, like, yeah. later that day. And he was like, oh, thanks so much for getting in there with him. Uh, you were great. Thanks so much. And he was, like, thanking me profusely. And it's like, man, did you watch that? That was a disaster. I feel bad. Like, I don't <laughs> I don't feel good about that. You know, like, you're welcome, but I feel bad. Mm. I've got to say as well, Sam is such a nice guy. Um, and like really, he was really sort of grateful that I wanted to talk to him. I'm just like, no, you are like someone who has been everywhere and you've got amazing stories to tell. Um, and he released a, um, he released a, uh, sort of a Johnny Cash country song. Did you ever hear it? No. It was, a, it was about his near death experience. Um, well not near, was it not near death sort of, um, he died and then came back to life. So it was one of those, you're in the hospital sort of thing. So yeah, he wrote a song about like salvation. I think that was the name of the track. It was kind of along the lines of, did you ever see when Michael Hayes did the uh, tribute song to Terry Gordy? <laughs> no. Have you not seen the video for that? Because <laughs> um, the thing is though, it's very heartfelt. So I can't mock it in that sense, but it's, they take, he took like a well-known country song and changed the lyrics to honor Terry Gordy. And he's like stood by his gravestone and uh, like singing. <laughs> what year, what year did Sam Houston record that song? Oh, they're like two years ago. Like the thing is, <laughs> that's what, that's the, that's the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> well, the thing is as well though, I, you know, because again i've had him on the show i don't think he's going to come back on the show um like whoever did it for him you know the backing track is like really obvious synth drums and stuff like that and he he has that kind of country like um what would it be like a drawl to his voice like a a twang yeah and like really sort of bassy and then he sort of like starts rapping like (laughs) wow Yeah, I, I know it sounds unbelievable, but yeah, no, I'm going to have to, I will send you that. Um, you know, did you ever hear the um, Terry Funk song called Barbara Streisand's Nose? Uh, I, I've heard some of the Terry Funk songs, because he's got a whole album, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he does. Like Cornette says, it wasn't released, it escaped, you know. Um, <laughs> well, J- Jesse Ventura did a song in 1989. It was like a protest, like anti-war protest song where he really sings. On it, he's not just like talking like Blassie on Pencil Neck Geek. Interesting. Ever... Well, the thing is, I'm I'm sure because Cole Cabana would play like these obscure songs from like uh, Sweet Daddy Siki and you know, like Kamala. And yeah, Big yeah, Bird. no, no, he would, he would. <laughs> I I I remember some of that. Uh, I used to listen to the Art of Wrestling all the time. The his quarantine uh, podcast that he did, the ten that he did 
uh, during quarantine were really, really good. Yeah. I'm gonna have I to check enjoyed them. a lot. Yeah, I enjoy I enjoy listening to Cole Cabana. Um, he knows he really knows the stuff about wrestling, and he sort of it, it's like sort of my level of nerdy obscureness as well. Um, and he's like at this point, he's like the the wrestling podcast godfather. Like he's the podfather of wrestling podcasts. No, he re- he really is. So you know, he, he's it, because of that, he has a lot to be responsible for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But I mean, seriously, like when he came out with his, I mean, I'm sure there was other podcasts out there, but like guys like Austin and Jericho and all them, they weren't doing it yet, you know? So he was like the first one to really do it. And in that style, that wasn't just like, uh, you know, random guy podcasting. When you said the evolution of wrestling, and again, I would, cause I want to get your viewpoint on this. Um, cause I have had arguments with people about this. The way, you know, when, because it was like Tutamont who brought in like pin, uh, like time limits and a lot of the stuff that you see in wrestling now. And it was probably seen as like, you know, the bastardization of wrestling back in like the 50s or whatever. But it translated well to TV. um, So then it blew up. But the one thing that I can, and I would love to get your opinion on this. The one thing that I can't really get into is the kind of movie matches because it kind of like wrestling to me is kind of meant to be a real time simulated combat that you can watch where the the camera crew are acknowledged. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think this kind of takes it, it becomes like wrestling cubed at that point. It's like, it almost becomes a match about wrestling, not a wrestling match. I mean, how, how do you feel about that? Because the thing is, I, I find that, and I'm probably trying to be too analytical about it, and I really try not to be with wrestling, but, like, when The Undertaker was in the coffin at Rumble 94 and there was a camera on the screen that could you could see him in the coffin from far away, I'm like, well, that's not feasibly, logically possible. For me, it, <laughs> it, it, it has to be, like, actually feasible, like, in real life. Otherwise, it kind of... I don't know, like... Because wrestling still pretends... It doesn't pretend it's real. It just is real within that world. It would be like a movie saying that it's not real halfway through the movie and stuff like that. You know, um, like, how it's, do you feel uh, about those? I like, mean, sort of... I'm not against I'm not against them. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Currently, it seems like a way to get through this time period and still entertain people while uh the way things have been done is not an option. Yeah. But the other part of me also sees it as like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, wrestling has always been like a, a, a physical form of theater, like a sports theater and theater evolved into more cinematics and movies. And, uh, I, I don't know. It, maybe it, maybe it steers that way. Maybe it doesn't. I, I'm, I agree with you. I don't think that should be the way, I think every once in a while, that's fun. It's almost like, uh, you know, like a backstage skit that kind of involves wrestling. So, like, when I think of it that way, I enjoy it a lot more than thinking of it as a wrestling match. Does that make sense? You know, I see what you mean, but I mean, 
I get that it's been going like this has happened a lot over the past couple of decades. Like really, like when you look at the WCW mini movies where the midget blows up the boat and you know Sting's playing volleyball with the kids. And sure, all that kind but of I stuff. think of it. It's, it's like I what, think of it. There I was a camera like, crew there, you know. I think of it. Yes, right. But I think of it more like, uh, like, you know, uh, I don't know, Stone Cold and Booker T in the in the grocery store. I didn't think of that as a match. I thought of it as like a skit and a segment and like, you, you know, like things like be, that. Do you not think the camera should at least be acknowledged, though? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't I'm not sure I really have a, a preference either way, because once again, that happens. It happens in uh, WWE, WCW, all across the board for years. Like, oh, these two guys are just talking in the locker room and we're just happening, happening to get their conversation. Like they don't acknowledge the cameras there a lot of times. Like, oh, I'm just lacing my boots up. Oh, here comes this person. And now we're talking. That uh, it, to, that to me is kind of like a little different because. It, I, again, I'm probably making up my own rules in my head, but like if you're backstage, like any kind of like sports star or something, there's going to be cameras just like roving reporters or something like that. But if it's like two people are having what's meant to be a secret conversation, but they're both slightly turned inwards so that you can see their faces for the camera and it's like right don't tell anyone this but here's you know how I'm gonna cheat this person out of the title but there's a camera crew there it's just like I don't know like that that's sort of like it's the wrong kind of fourth wall breaking for me like whereas you know because it feels like they're not presenting the show to connect to the tv audience they're just trying to connect to the audience in the arena to create a better atmosphere but then i feel that there's a disconnect with the tv audience at that point when you know because i mean when someone like you know i shouldn't keep bringing up Dunk the Clown, but like when he would like look at the camera he was like looking at you at home you know and there was a camera crew there and it was acknowledged and you know i i feel like the only two companies if you set up those rules from the start of like logical boundaries glow from the start didn't acknowledge cameras when they did those backstage sketches they were just sketches that would feed into the matches and lucha underground did the same kind of thing um right. but I, I don't know i think it's just for me it feels like i'm that is the cutoff point for me in terms of like what i could watch and get into um and you know the undertaker aj styles thing was one thing and it was entertaining, don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed it, but I think if you accept it for what it is, something outside well, of the uh, realms yeah. of what it is, but it feels like almost then you can't really talk about it ever again, because it's not a part of this realistic universe that is in real time that you're kind of watching live as it happens, you know what I mean? Or am I, or am I and, just... a good one, and a good one is good, and a bad one is bad. <laughs> What would you say was a bad one then? Gone. <laughs> uh, I I think I feel like I remember WWE like after Matt Hardy did the whole thing on Impact because uh, he was the really the first one to to really like kind of usher that thing in. Uh, I feel like the Wyatts and the New Day may have done some kind of wacky <laughs> outdoor match. They did. And I, I didn't was like, see it, but yeah. Oh, this is tough. <laughs> Do you feel though? in some ways I don't know I, like I'm really trying not to stick up for Jim Cornette here but do you feel that this is gonna as he says 
like sort of appeal to a more smaller niche audience and it's kind of counterproductive in terms of trying to grow that audience. Well, once again, I think in this in the situation that we're in currently, yeah, uh, they're using it as a little bit of a crutch to kind of uh, make new content and entertain the people at home because these empty arena matches slash shows are are a tough watch sometimes. So I think they're trying to branch out and do different things to keep these people entertained at home using the characters that they built. Uh, I think it's, uh, you know, a little bit backs against the wall to an extent. And I think it will calm down after once we can get back to some kind of normalcy. Yeah, I think it will. And I do understand that, you know, this is an unprecedented time. So you can kind of do unprecedented things, I guess. Um, Right. Do you think do you think the graveyard match was going to happen before all this stuff went down? I would say no. Um, no, I don't. I don't believe so either. Even, I don't. I, I think I say no, but at the same time, if you've been watching the last ride, you know how kind of fucked the Undertaker is, and maybe the half an hour epic match he can't do anymore, and maybe this I, is, I still you know. think they were going to try. I still. I don't. I think that was the. It got switched over to that once all this quarantine stuff went down, but I don't think that was ever originally the plan. So uh, on that note, I, I still I don't think it's going to be I don't know I, I don't I don't mind it because I, I see it as a, a a bit of a I don't know a means to an end they're just doing it because they they kind of have to but when it works it works and I, I don't I don't hate it I don't mind it I, I do get what you're saying and, and I don't I'm not sure they should necessarily uh, like talk about the graveyard match <laughs> it'll make the next video game a lot of fun. At the very least, if they're going to include true. all that stuff in it. So, like, a couple more, because I know you have to go. Uh, but yeah, i got to run. Yeah, they've made the plaque with the dirt. Have you seen it? You can actually buy the dirt from the match. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've heard. It probably sold a crap ton of those. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the last thing is, well, the NXT in your house, apparently they're bringing back the set. Um, I'm trying Ooh. to get... Yeah, so I'm trying to get word if because uh, when Todd Pettengill was on the bump a couple of weeks ago, he told me that he was going to be on the bump. I was just like, I don't know what life is anymore. When like, sort of, like you know, <laughs> someone who I watched for like 25 years knows I'm such a big fan that he would tell me this. Um, I've, I'm I want to get him back on the podcast. I probably shouldn't say this on air, but like it's sort of I think he's going to be at this in your house. I don't think they're going to give away a house, <laughs> but you know, they, they should give away like a mobile right. home so you can like social distance and live in a house as well that would be fun um but yeah on the bump they actually found the kid who won the house and interviewed him and i was just like oh that is my level of pod- <laughs> that's my level of podcast guest right now. <laughs> yeah right there he's 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 right in your wheelhouse <laughs> but yes anyway we went the our broadway and i know you've got lots of stuff to be getting on with so where can people find you where can people buy your stuff uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Extremely Cute. You can find me on Instagram at Extremely Colin. Uh, I do have a Pro Wrestling Tees store, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Colin Delaney. I have some other shirts for sale. You can find them on my Twitter. Hit me up, shoot me a message, and I'll, uh, yeah. When's the Extremely Cute OnlyFans account going <laughs> to happen? Probably never. Probably never. <laughs> yeah, you can't tell me Dalton hasn't thought about it. I mean, I... Uh, I don't know. Maybe. He knows his audience, I think. (laughs) (laughs) So on that note, (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I'll never get Dalton back on with that kind of, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, anyway, so yeah, <laughs> thank you, Colin. Um, and this has been fun. And uh, yeah, uh, tune in to more shows, Dumpsterosity, Typhoon, all kinds of craziness. And thank you again, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, buddy, talk to you soon. <laughs>